This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Hello everyone. Where are we? What's happened? What extraordinary times. Did the Walking Dead actually happen? Why are there people not in the street? Why are we all at home? Suddenly we've got children all around us constantly, all the time. Yeah, and it's very strange because what has been our life for four years is suddenly being called quarantine. Yeah, it's funny, actually, isn't it? we've been home educating our kids for the last four and a half years, so we thought it was the perfect time probably to make that. And it's a weird moment because most discussion. of the times I say our children are homeschooled or home educated, let's not get into what, what the definition of each is, um, most people raise an eyebrow and don't say anything. But now they're all contacting me on all my platforms going, how do you do this? Exactly. Why do you do that? When do you do this? So, so we're yeah. going to talk a bit about our experiences, but also peppered throughout, we'll be giving you our, our bits and pieces of maybe advice. I don't tips. know if that's the right tips. Let's say yeah. tips, advice. I yeah. don't know if we're in a position to advise, yeah. but certainly things that might have worked for us. And the greatest tip that we could ever give is the idea of being able to watch your wife wander around in her negligee before lessons. It's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it's great. So, here we are. This is a bit strange, isn't it? Sat in my cubby hole, my yeah. man cave. Well, it is strange, but, but we do so much from home, don't yeah. we, for our YouTube channel. And, yeah. that, and I kind of feel that about everything that's going on at the moment, mm. all the horrors, all the adjustments that people are going to make. A lot of it is actually our life anyway. We work yeah. a lot from home. Yeah, that's true. Our kids are home educated. Um, yeah, so... It's it strange. It's strange watching the entire world embracing certainly this one aspect of their lives that has been a part of our lives for the last four to five years, mm. which is homeschooling. Or home education. Or home education. There's well, a I, difference. I, you've always stressed yeah. the difference. But anyway, before we get into that, but yeah, isn't it weird? Because there is a sort of, you can feel the palpable yeah, fear and it. shift yeah. and worry and nervousness and a huge burden of responsibility falling mm. towards the parents. And I have to confess, in some regard... It makes me realise that all the moments of fear, worry and paranoia we've had about the decision in the past were kind of probably well meant and, and had a yeah. reason. Yeah, absolutely. So there's been quite a few moments for us going, oh, my God, why are people this scared? What have mm. we been doing so wrong? But also it's taken me back to the early days when we took them out and that fear and panic. Yeah. And, and actually really stick with this because... We've got a lot to say that I think will help you just feel better. Yeah. Just feel better. Because what we don't realise is how much school has dictated to us as adults as well, yeah. the way that we live every single second of our lives. Mm. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to help you just, just feel okay about maybe taking your foot off the accelerator a bit. Yeah. Um, but first, why don't we start with why our kids are home educated? Because I think it's the question I get asked most in my whole life. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean... Apparently, in... when I talked about home education on Loose Women, it was the most searched for out of all the topics that I've ever done right. with loose women. Right. So there's, I know, um, listener, that that you are really interested in this, either because you think you might do it, or because what? Do, why? How do these two crackpots do this? Well, the point I'd like to make, though, also just before we get into the whole issue of um, how our children got into homeschooling, and it was very different for both of them. 
We... Can I just can we just draw the distinction between homeschooling and home education? Because it literally every time you say it, why does it annoy you? We've had this argument for the last few years because there's a really clear distinction in the home ed world, and or the homeschooling. Home no, but homeschooling. <laughs> is you replicate school. Right. So you have a routine exactly like school. You're very much the teacher behind the desk yeah. with the, as the font of knowledge, telling them everything. Um, and what we do is home education, which is child-led learning, where we're very much learning alongside the kids. And- well, I think, you've, I think Nadia's already honed in on something that, for me, is why I keep bouncing between the two terms. Because I would argue, looking at how we've gone about it over the years, that we have ba- we've bounced between the two. I think why I'm wanting to draw the distinction is people that that do home ed and homeschool will want us to have that distinction. But yeah, yeah, we probably do a bit of both. But can I just say, this is a really interesting factette that I learned quite early on in our journey with homeschool, home home educating slash homeschooling. Oh my God, I'm going to be so self-conscious of these terms now. Um, is that I often use the term actually complementary learning. Especially when you can say it. it. (laughs) I use the term complementary learning because I I believe that Mm. like complementary medicine, I'm not too hung up on the definitions too much. I'm I'm interested in a a form of learning that essentially happens within the home or within the house. But here's an interesting... At all times of the day and night, not just within the hours. Absolutely. But here's an interesting fact before we get going. Did people know... As, as Ken Robinson, uh, who is a leading proponent of, in a sense, is he a leading proponent of homeschooling? He's, he's, he is in a sense, isn't he? But he's a sort of... He's a scientist, isn't he? He's yeah. actually a scientist. There's a, a fabulous TED Talks like a, by him. Brain Like a Planet. I yeah. would absolutely recommend that you watch that with every five Yeah, there's a TED Talks. Even if you're going to keep your kids in school, yes. watch Ken, Ken Robinson's Schools Kill Creativity. Yeah. Because it is really, really fascinating. And he's written about the fact that the origination, and this is a fascinating thought, not one to dismiss schools, but it's interesting to park this thought at the back of your head. And I am the result of a of a of the entire schooling system from, you know, obviously primary, secondary, comprehensive, through through university, through to postgraduate schooling. I've done it all and it worked for me. So this isn't me about being anti-school. But it's really... Neither is anti No, no. And it's really interesting to know that the concept and the rules and the regulations and the syllabus and everything about the schooling system originated primarily, primarily within the Victorian age of making education something that was deliverable to a working population so that they could work for the rich. Mm. So it's important to know that when we unpack the rules and regulations of education, it was essentially, and I'm not getting political here because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a left-wing Marxist, but it was, <laughs> it was actually constructed as a means of making manageable the education of a lot of people for the services of an economy. And that that's important because you can when you when when you get into our discussion about what works for us in homeschooling, it's railing against that one size fits all for all children. That I think necessarily a system that's as large as it is and as an, on a nationwide sort of basis has to have really stringent and strict syllabus like rules. And I think it's just really nice sometimes to think, oh, okay. That's the history of this. That's the history of schooling. That's where it came from. It came from something that really doesn't necessarily cater for the individuality of a child. At some point, I'm going to be able to say words today. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so why don't you talk about how, how did we fall into this world? 
Well, I suppose we need to go a little bit back to when Kiki first started mm. school. Kiki was a summer baby, a year younger than everybody else in her class. And I know a lot of parents identify with that and that, that it doesn't always feel right. I think with Maddie, if she'd been a summer baby, it would have been fine. But Kiki mm. was a different sort of kid. She was still, I could feel every fibre of my being, every instinct as a mum was like, she's not quite ready for school. She's just that little bit too young. Mm. Um, like many parents, we had made the decision that to give your kids absolutely the best start, what you do is you work really hard and you pay, you pay for a yeah. private school. I wish I hadn't done that. Well, really interestingly, really because we'd both been through essentially a state, state system, school, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, my secondary was private, but my first yeah. was state. And, uh, and, and we just thought that that was the best thing we could do and we would pack our children away to a school. Now, this school that they went to is a very good school and a lot of children, most children mm. in it love it, but it wasn't right for Kiki. It mm. wasn't right for her. She, um, after about a year, we discovered that she had a real problem with one of her eyes, yeah. with the vision. Yeah. And they, the NHS, in their wisdom, decided that she needed to be patched on her good eye without any of us really realising how short-sighted she mm. was in the mm. other eye. So she was effectively Partially. stumbling mm. around. don't want to go into that too much detail mm. because of Kiki's... Um, uh, sensitivities around Kiki, but basically it made the first year at school very, very difficult mm. for her, very difficult. If you imagine you've got your eye patched for the whole six hours, you're having to go to playtime, you're having to, you know, and it was fast-moving, highly academic school, and she got behind. Um, I say behind because one of the things that I find really difficult about school is everything is matched. You should be here. Mm. Parents get really competitive. Is your child at this stage yet? And as we know, in many other countries, children don't even go to school until they're seven. They don't even start reading until they're seven. Um, so anyway, so she was having it. Now, she had friends. It wasn't a thing of bullying or mm. anything like that. Um, but... As time went on, she started to hate school more and more and more and more. And the more she felt behind, the more difficult it became. She was also very, very shy. And the, children, the, the teachers were kind of obsessed with this idea that they wanted her to put her hand up. What we've got to do is we've got to get her to put her hand up. Mm. And it became this absolute... I mean, oh, my God, it became this bugbear, didn't it? We'd, every night we'd have to say, you know, try, even though our instinct was wanting to say, you know what, it's OK to be a shy kid, it's OK to be a quiet kid. If you're not the kid that wants to put your hand up, that's fine. But it became a real thing. Anyway, she got more and more behind. She got more and more unhappy. She didn't, she wasn't sleeping at all. She wasn't eating properly. She had the darkest circles under her eyes. And we just knew that we had a deeply unhappy child, very mm. anxious, um, crying when she went to school. We weren't allowed to go to any of her shows or anything at school. She would beg us not to go. Yeah, enforced by her. Enforced by her. I'm sure the parents and the headmasters and everything of the schools that she went to thought we were the most dreadful parents. But she would beg us not to come because she couldn't bear to see us there and then not be able to come back home. Actually, it makes me quite emotional. Just oh, sweetie. Sorry. I know. I know. It was a very distressing time. It was a very distressing was... time. I used to, it, it was... listeners, I used to, whenever she went off to school, obviously, I'd, I'd drop her off in the morning and she would ask me to give her 100 kisses um, and I'd put 100 kiss, 50 kisses in each of her school jacket pockets. And she told me only a couple of years ago, she said, Dad, you know I used all your kisses every day. And that, if, if 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 anything can reduce me to jelly, is the thought of her heading off into that school. Mm -hmm. Oh, sweetie. Um, I think just 
if your child's unhappy, it's just nothing is okay. Nothing is okay. Everything no. you do has a sort of shadow over it. And she was so unhappy in the school. Anyway, cut a long story short, she was going to be moving from the infants, if you like, I don't know what they call it now, up to the primary again. Remember, this is a highly academic school where everything, there's a lot of tests and a lot of, um, you know, we didn't realise, did we? When we sent them well, to a prep school, I remember, I, remember, <laughs> I remember a teacher saying to me, you know, prep school means preparing them for a life of... Oh, the, the joy of doing podcasts at home. That's the, the recycling aspect. Recycling bit. <laughs> Um, is that, you know, we're preparing these children to be judges, to be lawyers, to be mathematicians, to be scientists. I thought, oh, shit, maybe mm. they've gone to the wrong school. Um, anyway, so um, it, she was going to be going back to the school in the September and the school had given us, um, you know, a lot of advice on what we should do to maybe help her get to where she should be. Ought to be. Yeah. So um, the poor kid was doing all this all these cumon um which i don't know if you if if you know that listener but basically it's a it's a way of teaching children it's a japanese method where where it's drills so it's daily yeah. doing the same sums over and over and this was extracurricular to what over. she was doing at school yeah and then lots and lots of extra mm. um teaching so and she was also having a tutor and it was a pretty miserable summer um, and and also, when she was at school, you know, she would come home and she was just really anxious from the day. And then there would be tons of homework. She's like seven. And I was thinking, our life was so stressed. It mm. was like, I could tell she wasn't learning anything. Um, and... And it, and it was just making life more anxious for all of us. No, anyway. she, she was demonstrating all the behavioural sort of element attributes of, of a child that was in deep depression. Because, oh, I felt she was yeah. depressed. I, I mean, mean, we I were taking her out. And I remember we, we took her yeah. out because we had a scheduled trip to New York, of all places, and we ended up taking her out with us in school time because it had reached a real crunch point where we thought we just mm. had to get her out and she had mm. to come with us. Do you remember that? Yeah. And there was a and, tipping point, really. And I don't think it's the school's fault. Don't no, get me wrong. No. It was just, it was all the wrong things. Yeah. It was just timing thing was so wrong <clears> for her. So anyway, so we got to the end of the summer and her tutor that she had said to us, listen, what do you think about taking her out uh, of school and home educating her for a mm. while and maybe finding a different school for her after. We did, what? Mm. We didn't know about this. Mm. So we looked it up. Do you remember that night? We looked it up on the internet and um, it said, yes, you can home educate your children. You don't have to follow the curriculum. You just deregister them with your local council and that's it. Entirely, You're in charge yeah, of their education. Entirely legal. Entirely legal. We couldn't believe that because when you think about it, if you take your kid out for half a day, I think now you get fined, don't you? If you yes. Got... Anyway, so I'll never, ever forget the, us going to tell her that, just sitting her down and saying, yeah. how would you feel if you didn't have to go back to school and we worked with you here at home? She just burst into tears, didn't she? No, no, no. Well, so, and, and I remember us bursting into tears mm. when the, her tutor told us this was a possibility. Just, mm. um, and, uh, and suddenly it felt like, I have to say, at the time that we knew it was a legal and totally entitled possibility, I felt like the seas parted like they did for Moses. <laughs> I thought, I see a route or I see a mm. journey or I see certainly not an easy journey because we didn't know what on earth this would, would entail the scale of it, the complexity of it, the highs, the lows, and there were all of those to come. 
but it suddenly felt like there was a choice that suited mm. us and our child. In that moment. In that and moment. And we were very much in that moment. We weren't thinking that she wouldn't go back to school mm. at all. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and it was absolutely petrifying. And I think this is a point where anybody that's suddenly been thrown into home education schooling now, mm. well, actually, you guys have been thrown into homeschooling because from what I'm seeing online is, mm. you know, there's a very rigid routine going on for a lot of people. And I think that that obviously really works for some people and I think that's brilliant rather like the way it separates in the home education world where you either homeschool or home educate mm. where you have a routine you get them up at seven they have their breakfast you put them in uniform all of that stuff but I do I'm really feeling for the women that I'm seeing online at the moment and it does seem to be mostly women I'm seeing who are stressed beyond belief yes. with having to keep this routine and having to be a teacher and having to be and 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 we've got lots to say on that, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. Because the first and the very first thing I would say is, and a friend of mine said to me this yesterday, who was having trouble with her child, she said, oh, my God, we make our children think that we know everything and now they're realising we don't. Well, I think that's the very first mistake you could make with home education, mm. homeschooling. Uh, I mean, I'd like to say, just scrolling back a little bit there, we made the decision and it felt like the right decision for Kiki at the time. And there was a very different set of decisions behind Maddie than essentially joining Kiki in her homeschooling a couple of years later. But I do remember at the time having been the product of a very conventional educative system that had really worked for me, you know, in terms of academically, in terms of qualifications. My All my panic and all my fear, and I'm sure this is something that's informing some of the images and many of the images I'm seeing online of parents sitting their children at tables, is that the system instills and does indoctrinate us to a certain degree into thinking there's only one way to learn. Because and they, that they have to, they have to manage Yeah, and they have to manage people. it and they're having yeah. to process it. So think of, think of schooling like a factory. They're having to make it all printable, uh, producible, mass-producible, and then deliverable mm. at the end. So it comes out of a sausage factory. And unfortunately, I do use that analogy a lot with schooling. Sausage factory, it's a requisite, it's a requirement. So, and yet at the same time, I had, I think, a bigger struggle at the beginning than you did, Nadia, mm. because I felt very attached to and a product of, and I couldn't see any way round, not just taking what was happening at the school. So I was big on timetables. I was big on, right, we need to completely replicate every single subject. Uh, we need to absolutely follow the same syllabuses. We need to absolutely ensure mm. that they're, they're following the same regimen and regimen <clears throat> that they were at school. And I, the reason I'm sharing that is I think that will be running through this first week mm. of homeschooling for, for the vast majority of people for whom this is not a choice and this is not something they want to consider because work doesn't allow it, self-employment doesn't allow it, freelancerness, we were very lucky in that we could balance and we, when we made the decision, you know, you have a lot of time where you can apply it. We also have the capacity to afford and pay for homeschooling groups. We'll go into all of that in a bit. But I remember feeling, if, if I'm honest, when I go back to those feelings... They're not a million miles away from where I am still now with Kiki at 12 and Maddie at 17, where I still feel a little bit like a, a little bit like a drug needing to reach out for the security of that oh, system. God, absolutely. Because almost without that system, it's not even about whether you think that there's a better way outside the system. For your children, those children are going to have to go back into the system at some point. And you don't want them to feel underqualified, unprepared, or, or kind of not have their wits about them when they're rubbing the shoulders with their peer group. So, you know, all of these things, because I'm a big sort of worrier of the future, were 
in my head and in my heart right mm. at the beginning. And then at the and point... And still is. Still and is. still is. Still is. I still works. struggle with that. Yeah. But of course, imagine this, listener. So at the point that I'm having all those feelings, even though I know this is something that's needed for Kiki at the time because she was so distressed, Nadia then uses the phrase de-schooling. What the hell happened there? <laughs> yeah, so I so I met up with a lot of home educating parents, and they were just uh, they they oh my god, it was so wonderful because I was so I was reeling, I was stressed, we was trying to de stress, I didn't know what the hell to do. Um, Kiki, we were trying to teach her, and she was just she was just really traumatized mm. from her experience and very very shaky and, and exhausted very, and exhausted because mm. she hadn't been sleeping for months. And they really calmed me down. They said, you know what, just stop. Just stop. You've all been through this really stressful period of time. Um, led me to someone, uh, um, uh, some di- you know various books to read, and I had a lot of discussions with a lot of different people. I think the book, the initial book I read was by John Holt, and um, who's sort of the the sort of shining light in the home ed world, and um, and 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 it, it just really soothed me what they said, which was basically. Um, what we needed to do as a family was to de-school. So for every year that your child has been at school, you take a month of doing nothing. Mm. Right, so she'd been at school three years. She Mm. had three months of de-schooling. And they explained to me that this was as important for the parents as it was for the children because we were so (laughs) locked into that routine. Oh, my God, they haven't done maths and English and it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter where they learn it. And there's a bit of advice here now. If you're working from home and you work better at 7 o'clock in the morning mm. than you do at 5 o'clock when you think your kids are supposed to stop learning, switch it round. Mm. Do the kids learning with them later on in the day. Um, so the de-schooling meant that she, they said, you know, yes, initially they will probably just play video games and just watch films. But out of that, they will start to find what their passions are. Yeah because they've been used to being told what to do and how to do it and how to think and how to plan. Mm. So you allow them to get bored. You, I mean, we have a real problem, I think, with parenting in this day and age where children aren't allowed to be bored. Well, and Everybody has, you know, 10 things that they do at school after Absolutely. school. You know, and they have, you know, they have better social lives than most, most adults. And I think that when I think back to when I was a child, everything that I did that was creative came out of me being bored and about my mum going... I would say I'd bored. She says, only boring people are bored. Well, I'd, just but I'd go even further than that. I'd say, I'd say most of the creative jobs that we all have in society are born from people who had the luxury of being able to be bored at some point because only in boredom do you create. create. You know, if, you, if, all, if every hour of every day is accounted for and you are chasing your tail from a young age, you are simply going to pro- proceed into grown-up grown up life in exactly the same way, yeah. chasing your tail. I can honestly tail. say our children never, ever, ever say I'm bored. No, that's true. But I have to say you so you talked about de-schooling you also mentioned there the fact that de-schooling was as important for the parent as it was the children and i really really struggled with that and i'm so I, and, I. yeah it's well terrifying. i really struggled with that but i struggled with that I, I think you you didn't struggle with it so much from a kind of academic perspective. I did. Did you? Well, Were you worrying really, about that? Oh, no, I was really worried. Mm. Because don't forget, we'd still been brainwashed into that. She's so behind, she's mm. so behind. So I was like, oh, my God, she's already behind and mm. now she's going to be more behind and she's having such trouble with reading. And mm. and, the, and then when, when I spoke to the rest of the community and they said, just lay off with reading. Just, just, just mm. stop with the reading books and find something and that that, that well, might really we, engage we, yeah, you. And um, then you came up. Well, with and it. also the well, the approach 
we had to reading that I just thought was, again, I think here's the thing. We were talking to someone about this yesterday. I think there's a huge amount of well-meaning stealth in being a home educator or teaching your kids or taking more responsibility for how your children learn. And I think it's about finding ways to make it fun, to make it rewarding and to break the rules. If I look back to my days at school, all the teachers, so all my English teachers stood out for me because they introduced me to film. All my history teachers stood out to me because they introduced me to literature. All the teachers that were teaching a certain subject opened my eyes to education because they used something else other than the obvious thing mm. and the direct tool to teach me. So it became a really rich sense of, oh, surprise, and oh, I wasn't expecting that. And so in the area of reading for Kiki, it was a very conscious decision, actually. I'm madly into my movies and my superheroes and my comics, and I've got lots of memorabilia from when I was a kid. And comics were important to me as a boy. And I thought, she likes visual stuff. There's literature within comics, and they're a, they're a burgeoning new genre. So we bought her lots of comics first, and then we started to get her graphic novels. And we both just noticed and, it start to change, didn't well, it? Well, yeah, well, what we did was we said, right, OK, we're not going to do any learning how no, to read. We're no. not going to do any of that. We're going to... You just just have a look at these graphic novels mm. and then we'll pick up again in, in, in September. And this was over the summer. Anyway, so she had her de-schooling. We got to September and then it was, OK, right, let's start this learning to read system. And she was reading absolutely fine. Yeah, she was. It was just extraordinary. 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 Yeah. Um, and we also used other tools like film and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's literally about trying to find you know, remarkable new ways to excite them and teach them, as I say, by stealth. You know, watch a film that has a historical bent. Watch a film that's based on a book. You know, finding ways of, 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 of sidling learning into them at a young age without it being sat down at a whiteboard with a screen learning by rote. But that's not to say that we haven't over the years found many other means of delivering the syllabus because I think when I go back to this term that I used at the beginning of complementary learning I think once we got out of that de-schooling period more by luck than measure and really based upon our availability me and Nadja have been extraordinarily busy and less busy than each other at different times of our lives because of our freelance work each of us have been able to focus on it a bit more than the other and you've taken the burden of responsibility really for the sort of i'd say the um pastoral care of the girls throughout that time you know around organizing social visit you know social groups and stuff mm -hmm. like that and i mean i think one of the main criticisms i often hear or or fears i hear and i think this is a real problem for kids that find themselves at home in this self-enforced or enforced situation is the social contingent the socializing contingent you of mean it. you mean you mean this yeah, self so, the isolation yeah that yeah. we're in now Sorry, the self-isolation yeah no the yeah. self-isolation of of coronavirus yeah is that, you know, we have had to work really hard at finding ways to get our kids plugged into groups and working. Mm. So, so they, 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 they're That's when you're allowed to go this. out. Yeah, yeah, they're sorted for this. Something I just... So who are sorted for what? Well, because they've already, they've experienced this for a long time, haven't they, working from home and studying Yeah, but what I'm home. talking about is one of the major concerns about homeschooling in general is whether mm. you're going to mix with enough children. You get the... Often people who don't know homeschooling, they go, but... Are they sociable? Well, I think people have the idea that it's just you and your child and you're Absolutely. teaching them and it's Absolutely. really not. And, no. and, and, and that's 
you know, that's something else I would like to say to the stress. For those that it's working, recreating the, the routine and the rigid routine, that's brilliant. But for those that are really freaking out over it, I would say we're a week before the Easter mm. holidays. Why not just take your foot off the accelerator and go, do you know what? All those things I've ever wanted to do with my kids that I don't have time because I'm sorting out the sports bag, I'm sorting out the pack lunch, yeah. I'm doing three hours of homework. Just do it. Mm. Lie around, watch films together, read together, just really talk to them. Just We are in the most extraordinary set of circumstances Absolutely. to stick rigidly to a school routine if it's adding more pressure to an already incredibly yeah. pressure. I would urge you and say to you, it won't ruin your child's education if you just stop. And but here's, just but here's the thing. I mean, in a weird way, you're being we, we, we were just about <clears throat> to hit Easter. The government <clears throat> were trying to reach to Easter, but felt they had to bring it forward by a week. What were you going to do at Easter? Admittedly, most people were going to probably fly off around the world. That ain't going to happen. Not most. But we, well, no, a vast majority of people were going to go on some kind of a holiday. Um, but here's the thing. You know, you're being gifted. We are being gifted a sort of naturally de-schooling moment, mm. microscopic de-schooling mm. moment relative to the amount of time most people's mm. children have been at school. So why not take advantage of that and then think to yourselves now at this point, okay, come the end of the Easter holidays, we'll start to gently, I would advise quite quite strongly not to try and replicate everything that happens at school. You're going to get stressed. The kids are going to get stressed. Yeah. It's going to, going to become an incredibly tinderbox. difficult tinderbox situation. That, Let's face it, we don't know quite how long we're going to be in this situation. And I would think about over that Easter period, finding ways, I mentioned this to someone yesterday, find a way. We are all in a massively historic moment. We're in a moment in history that will be written about, taught to children, the age that your child is right now in many years to come. Mm. And why don't we get all of our children? We're, talk, we're do, looking at ways to do it with our girls. In fact, Maddie did it with a song and, and some photographs. Um, well, don't just skip over that. No, I no, no. That's I'm going really to stick with you, it. I haven't skipped can... over it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and 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 find a way to chronicle and chart mm. and diarize and you know get your children to focus on what they're feeling mm. now, what you're feeling now, how life has changed. Get them to look at the eco economics of it. How we all, you know, where does food come from? It's a really rich opportunity to look at how this world works because mm. it's not working at the moment. Mm. How does vi how, how do viruses work? How do cures to viruses work? How do antibodies work? How does the economic system work of supply and demand? How do economic structures between countries, within just, countries? Just I mean, jump see what, in there. but I'm just offering this up yeah. as really rich. It's a rich moment. But it's a really important moment when you're offering all that to also say, now, Mark, highly educated, would be able to do that off the top of his head. Well, no, 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 me not, not really. Not, really. Me not. No, but I'm just saying there yeah. will be that mixture yeah, of, of course, people. of course. So, so my advice is if you go, oh, my God, but I don't know if I could do that, what you would do is you would say, let's find this out together. together. That's a very what good point. What does yeah. a virus actually mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I'm really good at saying uh, to my kids, well, I don't know, let's have a look. And, and you know, what Mark just said there is just, just the most perfect way of describing home education that wider way of just looking you know having conversations yeah. and looking at something's offered to you and you think oh how can i make this into a mm. learning experience and you could do what mark just said with whatever age child 
that you have. Well, if you, you look at yeah, if you look at every subject, you've got subjects of geography, you've got subjects of maths, you've got biology, you've got all of those scientific and mathematics, economics. You know, you've got all sociology. You can be studying it all from so many angles, and I don't mean like sitting there with a study, studious book. Just listen to the news. Obviously, I would advise to digest the worst of the news into acceptable yeah. bite-sized chunks for your kids. Um, but the other, the, the flip side of that, and we're a very artistic, creative, orientated family, not a science-orientated family. But I think I've given you some suggestions there on how you could deal with it in a sort of technical and quite academic way. The other way to respond to this moment in time is through photography. Now, most people have, okay, people will be like, I haven't got a camera. Well, yeah, but we've all got iPhones. Make little films. Photograph the ways in which family life has changed. You know, yeah. his dad's dad is could doing his piece, work on his laptop yeah. in bed with a coffee. They could make a piece of work that they would be so proud of that could Absolutely. possibly end up in museums. And you say to them, this is what we're saying to our girls, we're saying, my God, yeah. you're going to be the 2020 generation mm. that people are going to talk about for generations mm. to come. How are you going to make your mark? Like we say to Maddie all the time, how are you going to change around? How are you going to make this work for you, yeah. this incredibly difficult situation? Absolutely. Um, and, and, um, and Mark took them, you know, you helped them make a piece of history the other day when yeah. you took them up just before it was full before isolation. Before it was lockdown, so we weren't, we weren't being sociable, we weren't socialising, we were observing social distance. But I said to the girls, I said, look, this is the first Saturday that all pubs, clubs, restaurants, everything in central London will be closed. I'm going up to London to do a photographic story, a sort of photojournalist story. I want to, I want to chart it as a, mm. as a responsible citizen, really. Mm. Um, I said, do you want to come up? And Maddie, would you like to, Kiki, you could look at some of the shots and decide what sort of shots you, you think we could take. And Maddie, why don't you, you're a songwriter, why don't you write a song inspired by what you see? Uh, and inspired by what your generation's going through at the moment, and they did that, and we popped it on our YouTube channel. Um, you but know, that is, a, but that you see wouldn't necessarily be seen mm. as I would see that as like a poetry lesson mm. that you might be sitting at a desk in a school, but that actually was a poetry lesson. Absolutely, actually, Maddie wrote an ode to yes. what is going on. Yeah. And, and and she really had to think. She spent the day writing that yeah, song. Yeah, she did. She was, she was So she ensconced. had to go into a lot of deep thought yeah. and, and interrogate her own feelings mm. and, and really think about what's going on in the world. So it was that was great. With Here's that. something else that I would recommend as well. I mean, it's all about trying to cleverly deal with your children. I mean, one thing we have never done is treated our kids like they are the student and they need to behave in this way. That's not to say we have to struggle like all parents with get up on time, get this done, get focus on your work, get your reading done. And yes, sometimes it's a, it's a real fag to constantly be on their back sometimes hard getting work. them to do it. It's hard work. But in this period of time, I tell you what, express an interest in the things that really make your children's hearts sing. For a lot of, like, boys, although increasingly a lot of girls too, it will be computer games. So here's a way of approaching computer games. Why not sit down with them? Because we've all got this time on our hands and say, let's work out the rules and draw the characters to our own computer game. Let's create our own computer game. It's like writing a story, but you're doing it, especially if your kids are into PS4, create your own computer game. Write it down, have the characters, have the levels, 
boys, I would have loved that as a boy. Um, play games with them. Play their PS4. Let them have a laugh at you trying to work it out. This but don't, could be a time that yeah. we all pull more together yeah, yeah, yeah. relationships. I think everyone's thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to kill him by the end of the yeah. week. And, and I get that. Yeah. But, but, and, but if you can just turn it around and go, okay, I'm going to try my best mm. to actually put some time aside because it's so hard to do, isn't it, all mm. of us? I mean, I struggle with it, to actually sit with them and just really find out about the thing it is that they love. And I think it's a really good tip, Mark, because rather than just spending this whole time screaming at them for using the computer game. No. Just be on the slide and think, how can I make the how can I use this? It's for far me? cleverer <laughs> to go further into their passions and find a way of coming out the other side. Um, you know, sort of with them not feeling like there's shame or a reason to hide it, but them actually showing it. I mean, here's another little strategy that we've used. We create a lot of content for our YouTube channel and we have a section in it because the girls are constantly on their phones and you could say, why are they always on their phones? And they're always laughing at stuff. Well, you could say, just get off your phone or you could say, sit down and show me what's making you laugh. Yeah. And I'm telling you now, I've not seen, I've never been more entertained mm. than by some of the clips that these kids are looking at. They're mm. sophisticated, they're witty, they're funny. Mm. They're often involving political figures, so it gives you a chance to talk about politics. It's about, especially at this time where, in a weird way, if you're not able to go to work and you're not able to work from home or one half of you isn't working as much from home, you actually have got the time yeah. to indulge in this stuff with yeah. them. And if you're having a real problem getting them to sit down to write a story, to do an essay, get them to make a film, get them to write out a storyboard because kids love to do yeah. it and they're so tech savvy and get them to make a little film. Um, uh, also, I mean, I think... These I, phones are a great learning yeah, tool. They're they a great really learning are. tool. They're really a multimedia are. device that if I, you know, when I was a kid, I was making films, I had to get a VHS camera, I had to get a Super 8 film, I had to send it off for processing and then I had to have a little splicer. You can all do it on your phone now with apps. I mean, you know, you could say to your kids today, give them your phones so that you can do something really meaningful for yourself and your partner, if, or, you know, if you've got a partner. Um, why don't you two talk or read or do something else and say to your kids, I want you to run off and make a make a five-minute film with your brother or your sister. And here's the thing about... And a video so, diary is a really good video idea. Also yeah. They're dealing with a huge amount of anxiety. Yeah, and for them to take, go off and, and make a video diary yeah. of how they're feeling, that is education, but not in the way that we think about Because they're having to investigate their feelings. Absolutely. They're having to construct the sentences. They're having yeah. to get their POV across. And what I would say with that as well is, if you then watch it, don't try not to criticise it. Yeah. Don't say, oh, well, you should have said this. You want them yeah. to have real freedom to think about um, and to express that their feelings yeah, and their I, analysis of really what's going absolutely. on. Absolutely. And, and also the other thing that's out there, which I have lent on a lot in terms of the academic learning, you know, for the younger kids, there's things like Twinkle, which is a really great website, which really tries to replicate parts of the syllabus. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Kiki will be moving on to reading The Curious Incident of the Dog at Nighttime. And uh, I've got all of the kind of support um, materials in order to essentially teach her lessons on comprehension, how to read the book, etc. Um, you know, the other thing is you most people listening to this will know that their children are going back to school. Mm. And don't be over panicked about what you having to do. What you having to do is replicate what they're going to miss. All schools and the schooling system will have to cater for this extraordinarily unusual moment in history. Mm -hmm. They're not going to expect things to pick up where they left off. They're not going to expect you to have perfectly bridged what mm -hmm. they'll have missed in their learning. Um, but at the same time, 
at the same time, you can just make learning fun again for them. And you might actually win in a huge way that when they go back to school, they're making connections. Now, here's, here's a quote. There's one quote by an author, one of my favorite authors that I use a lot in really my approach to everything, but specifically in my approach to the girls and their learning. And it's E.M. Forster, and he has a little phrase at the front of his book, Howard's End, and it's only connect. And what he's banging on about there is that the meaning of life and the meaning of learning is all about making connections. It's connections between people. It's connections between subjects. It's it's connecting all things in life. It's like a Buddhist phrase in a sense. And for me, the way in which the girls I've seen have come to life most when they're learning is when you're making connections between subjects. Mm. So they're not hived off as maths is maths. And actually, there's a huge philosophical side to maths for the older students, you know, older kids of parents out there. You know, there's 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 maths, there's science. Science can be creative. There's creative, there's science in art, there's science in, in film. You know, there's so many ways you can interconnect the subjects so that you're not actually being you know it's not rigid don't be mm. so rigid yeah, in, if you can not be as rigid only... in your thinking mm. yeah mm. and for me that's that's the beauty of homeschooling it allows you to sort of be universal in what your kids rub up against and brush up against mm. you know so for example i mean i'm about to do on our youtube channel a list of great films and documentaries for homeschoolers or home home educators, yeah. you know adaptations so of famous much books, to learn from films, and to films about history, historical documentaries, yeah. social realism, social yeah. you know social social concerns it's and great, issues. It's a great learning tool. It's a great learning. A little tool. tip here: uh, there's a wonderful book that we use called Power of Two because um, a lot of children when they're struggling with maths, they might have missed because they've been away or they've been ill or just they didn't quite get something. It's like the building blocks of maths. Mm. And 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 as they get older, they get more and more worried to say that they don't understand the the the, the sort of the basics. And it's and it's it's called the power of two because it's always one parent or one teacher and the child. And you just do ten minutes every day. Yeah. Take a look at it online. I found it absolutely brilliant. It really, really, really helped Kiki. Mm. I can't believe how much she's come on. So, um, and and it's got it's actually really good because it's helped me a lot. Yeah. And that's the thing you learn at the same time with your kids. Yeah, I mean, going back to our, our own journey with homeschooling, a big question that we get asked an awful lot, and this might be where we sort of sum up a bit, is GCSEs. You know, are your mm. kids doing GCSEs? Should your kids GCSEs? Now, I've I've. If I'm honest, I've been a gibbering mess around this for most of their most of their learning and, and education. I felt they should, and then I felt that they shouldn't. And in more recent years, I've got to the point where, for me, it's key that learning is about learning. It's not about necessarily a qualification on a piece of paper. There, yes, you need to get certain qualifications to access certain types of institutions. And many, many, many home-educated, homeschooled kids do take their GCSEs yes. and do take their elevators yeah. and absolutely can. I mm-hmm. mean, it's tough because you have to pay for them yourself. Yeah, it's and a there's myth. A lot of, and there's a lot of people that are really struggling. Mm. People have this idea that everyone that's home-educated is wealthy. That mm. is not the case. A lot of parents are really, really struggling. But I think I, I think my approach has been tempered a bit because I'm from that old-fashioned school of when there used to be polytechnics and universities where there was great value afforded to crafts. Um, and and non-academic subjects and non-academic expertise. And so in a weird way, say for Maddie, because I know a lot of people are very curious about what they're doing, Maddie is very much moving down the performing arts route. Music, singing, instrumentation is her thing. Gigs is her thing. Acting is her next thing. And so, you know, it's, you know, she doesn't need actually, 
you know, in her line of work, GCSEs or A-levels, she needs to have a demonstrable evidence of having worked hard in performances, mm. putting on gigs, recording music, working on many theatrical productions, and she is hoping to go to theatre or drama or music college. Um, Kiki interestingly. Ha- Kiki, Kiki, interestingly, and I think I this is the this. joy... This is- the classic home ed kid what but this is done. the joy of home educating yeah. is when when we realize that actually we weren't sort of ardent home educators saying you can't and mustn't and won't go to school we We've regularly checked in with them regularly we? Checked all the in way with through them. if would you like to go back to school would and you what's like happened with kiki Kiki suddenly came to us, didn't she, a few months ago. Uh, a friend of mine's son goes to a school which is much more sort of art-based. It's a state, it's a state school, school. State school. Anyway, she's been she's done her research. She's been watching them for yeah. months on yeah. their talking, Instagram to, talking and they're to, talking to other students. Yeah. And she came to us and she said, I think I think I'm ready to go back to school and I'd like to go to school in do you know, these subjects. And I want to do these subjects. <laughs> so we're we're thrilled to bits. We yeah. went and we looked at the school, it's an amazing school, and it's the right school for her. And mm. There'll be a lot of um it will be hard work for us because it's a long way away, but mm. she's committed and we're gonna and we're gonna we're a hundred percent behind her. So and that does happen with quite a but few. In a sense, for me, what I love about that, given my always my concern for pursuing the more conventional route, is this is a this is the end manifestation of perfect home educating. Yeah. We've given her the choice and the freedom to wriggle around in certain realms of photography and art. And I mean we've taken her out to so many things. The most difficult thing in this in this enforced self-isolation is not being able to visit galleries and cinemas. But of course, the great thing about technology is you can visit every gallery because they have oh. virtual tours. You can go to the there's, cinema there's on your television. Now, there's, there's ballet. Everything. everything everything is seeable and doable. But she's naturally come to a place where she actually wants to go, to, go to, school. to school. I'm actually ready yeah. to go to school. Now, that I don't want that to all sound terribly self-indulgent and no. aren't you lucky and, oh, well, it's all right for some... Because, honestly, at the same time, this has been an incredibly oh hard adventure. And every single day we have our fears and we have our worries. But so did we when they were at school. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, wow, we live in the perfect dream and we're all flip-flopping around, making our own bread with our with our boobs hanging out, having a great time. Well, it's- there has been that occasionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, God, I realise I've been quite serious in this. It's quite, I realise how this is such an important subject and such, one that we've mm. had such an intensely different and similar experience of. Um, that, yeah, yeah, I do like those days when you're running around with your boobs out. They're quite fun. <laughs> they are quite fun. But yeah, it's not it's not just like happy, rosy, or clappy, clappy running around in the fields. There have been times of great self doubt and fear, if you like. But, but I suppose I would like to end on. I think the stresses and strains of life often often interfere way too much into our relationships with our children we want to spend more time with them we don't actually realize that Mm. we don't actually realize that actually we miss our kids and so I think if you just think of this as a chance to maybe just hang out a bit with them and get to know them and not be like rigidly following a schedule Mm. that interferes with with that I think that maybe this could be a really rich time as well as yeah it could be the most fertile time and see it as a a pocket of time I mean if you are listening to this and you're thinking I couldn't think of anything worse and I'm hating it and I'm never going to like it and I'm never going to sign up to it, then just use it as an opportunity to have an enforced amount of time of fun with your kids. I always remember Nadia's dear friend Kay saying this, and it's always stuck with me throughout the times of doubt. She said, it's actually very easy to take your kids to the school gate and just drop them off and mentally think someone else can look after them on this. Mm. Obviously, that's not all that you do as a parent, but by and large on the educative side. And she did turn around to you at one point and said, it's a far more 
complicated and demanding decision to try and educate your children oh, yourself. God, it it's not an, it's not like a choice to opt out and no. not do anything. It's no. a choice to opt out and be entirely responsible. We had our back to the wall when we made this decision. Absolutely. We had our absolute back to the wall. And now I couldn't be happier yeah. that Kiki's found the school that feels right for her and we've visited it and we yeah. love it and we're thrilled to bits. So, you know, we I would like to a, a, a end on this. Mm. We are not anti school not at no all no way at all it's just we're anti-bad schools and we're anti well, the wrong I, school for the wrong child and i do think the system is 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 somewhat broke insofar as it's not necessarily about the most optimal learning it's about optimal yeah. passing of exams i think that's learning really is different i think i think and i, I said there was going to end but another thing i would like to say is I feel really, really sad for all these children that are devastated that they didn't get to take their exams and therefore think everything they learnt was meaningless. Absolutely. And I think that's what's really wrong with this system, that it only means something if you get an A or an A star. What about the fact that you've actually learnt this well, stuff? Well, Maddie said that to me many years ago. She said, it's really odd, Dad. She said, I talk to my friends who go to conventional school because many of most of her friends, in fact, all of her friends, yeah. go to conventional yeah. schools. And some years ago, I remember her saying to me, she said, it's really strange, Dad. Um, I've read all the same books as them, but none of them know the books because they actually haven't read them. They've just done the notes, the cramming notes, and they've read the passages. She said, they don't really know some of the things that I know. Mm. They don't remember it because unless they need to know it for the exam, it's not really worth knowing. So how do you get your love of reading? What is learning? Yeah. What is learning? If it's learning. just about passing an exam, mm. it's not learning. Another thing I'd like to say just quickly is that if you're worrying about, if you're having to work from home and you're thinking, how am I going to do six hours yeah. a day? Oh, yes. Tutors that we've had over the time say, one hour's tutor's lesson is like three hours Absolutely. math classes, yeah. for instance, at school. Yeah. Because there's so much distraction, there's so much other stuff going on. Don't think you have to do six hours a day learning, you really don't. Mm. And if it helps you to shift to Saturday and Sunday and do all their learning then, then do that. Just, do you know what? Just you... rethink yeah. that sort of conditioning into only learning within certain Well, hours. we're conditioned. I mean, I remember one week you turning around to me. We were in a frantic... We were like weeks and weeks into this home educating experience. And then we suddenly discovered, because we were struggling balancing the work yeah. with it, and we both went, hang on, we've got Saturday and Sundays. Yeah. You've got and you've got the end of the days from four. Kids four. finish at four. Yeah. You know, do it do it at five or six or seven. Yeah. Let them lie in a bit more. You know, there's ways and means you can shift everything around. Shift everything it's just, around. It's very hard because we you know, we've not like I said right at the beginning of this, that everyone, kids kids and parents are both very mm. much locked into that mm. institutionalization, is yes. that such a word? Being we're all institutionalized that things have to happen at this time and they, and they really don't. Let go, let go. We're trying to chuck all those final tips in. We're gonna wrap up now, but also let's not forget you can even have playtime with technology now. Social media will allow your friends to meet up online virtually so it's not even as if your mate your kids can't hang out with their mates mm. for a little bit today but um but there you go guys good luck good luck and i, I hope i hope you find turn this self-enforcement into a time of opportunity fun and play i'm now i'm now gonna head off and watch films read comics and play my ps4 with the kids <laughs> and they're probably gonna say dad i really think we need to think about doing some work now <laughs> <laughs> and also, guys, I'd love to tell you that every Monday, Wednesday and Friday on our YouTube channel, I'm going to be doing cookery lessons. 
Um, we're still working out whether that's 10 a.m. or 4 p.m. But please do join us. Another great way to learn, Absolutely. learn, learn whilst having fun. And I'm going to be I'm going to be uploading a list of films uh, and series that are good recommended watches for homeschoolers, home educators, which are about great adaptations of books, great history lessons, great documentaries, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also, also, we would like you to on the comments of um, put the podcast wherever you can put comments or questions and queries or go over to our YouTube channel where we're also going to be doing a chat about um, home homeschooling, which is the Sawala Adelie's YouTube channel or on Nadia's Instagram, which is Nadia Sawala and Family or mine, Mark underscore Adelie. Leave any queries, questions or comments you'd like answered about homeschooling because we are going to do another chat where we react purely and answer purely your queries and your thoughts and the difficulties um, and some of the pleasant experiences you're having or the ideas you've got from other home educators and homeschoolers, perhaps. And if your teens are looking for somebody to follow, you can follow our daughter at Maddie Maddie. So that's an extra E. She's doing a lot of singing. She's doing a lot of reaching out there to teens and, Mm. and, and, you know, talking to them and, and, you know, you've got to all pull together, teenagers. I know a lot of you listen on here. You've got to all pull together. You've got to find your way round, round these in this incredible time of mm. restriction that is so frustrating for you. Mm. We really, really love that you also listen to this podcast. And, and unlike a lot of adults, we don't think at all that this is just something that isn't really affecting you. We know it's mm. affecting you massively. You've had the rug pulled out from under your feet and... Um, Really, our hearts are with you. And that sound in the background is Toffee, our dog snoring. (laughs) She's snoring. Okay, guys. Wake up, Toffee. Wake up, Toffee. Toffee. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, <laughs> at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adelie. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. OK, so should we have a look at some comments uh, from people, listeners? Um Steve, 38, from Lincolnshire. I was initially worried about the responsibility of my children's education when the schools closed. Like a lot of people, I thought that trying to be a teacher and work out the syllabus would be a nightmare. I worried I'd fail my kids. Then I came across a bit of advice on the internet and now I look at everything differently. I'm treating this period like an educational summer holiday. I've set out a timetable with my kids. We do some book reading and we do touch on subjects around the curriculum. We watch nature documentaries, some science and educational programmes, and I'll go through some maths problems, history, geography with them. But I've restricted all of it to just four hours a day, split between the morning and the afternoon. The rest of the time we bake, paint, draw, play games and learn about things like setting up tents, knitting, making things with wood, crafts, that sort of thing. I've decided to make this as fun as possible for them. If it goes on for longer than three months, I guess I'll have to shape up and start teaching properly. But for now, I'm really enjoying this stolen time with my kids and I feel much closer as a result. Our work is done. We need to say nothing more except... Don't think that you're not educating them. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. You are. With all of that, you are. Yeah, you get serious, you are. Very I think serious. education, education, education is something that happens in every walk of life and mm. in every bit that you do with kids. And with every question asked 
and answers discovered, education happens. And in problem solving and in creation and in making. And I really, 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 really hope that in all of this, we'll start to promote the vocational and manual and technical skills as much as we will the academic and the, the totally sort of intellectual, if you know what I mean. I think it's really important that we have a balance of them all. But to be honest with you, Steve, I think like you sound like you're doing it perfectly. Um, you've got Sarah, 47, from Fife. Yes, and she says, My two kids are both in exam years. My youngest does his GCSEs this year and her eldest her A-levels. It was a massive upheaval for them to have revised for their mocks only to have their exams postponed. Now university places are up in the air and they've got to go through the stress of revision again next year. But I don't think this is a disaster. There'll be more practice at the subjects and exams, and despite deferring a year, this might actually help them to achieve higher grades, exactly. However, it does mean that I have to deal with two teenagers stuck in the house all day, which looks set to continue for a while. For the most part, they're pretty good and still continue their homework. However, as they are older kids, they've become quite advanced in their subjects. If I have a worry at the moment, it's that some of the questions baffle me. I honestly can't remember the Krebs cycle from biology or the role of histone in DNA. And I'm left having to buy two minutes to quickly look things up on Google and then try to chat things through. I'm left humbled at the role of our teaching staff, impressed with how clever my kids are and hoping that this is an opportunity for our children to have the chance to dig deeper and achieve higher. That all sounds great to me. And, you know, you're not a biology teacher. No, exactly. I mean, we're sitting here. I don't know what the Krebs is. Do you know what the Krebs is? I don't know what the histone of DNA is. But but how we would find that out is looking, is Googling it. So I think, I think, as we said in the podcast, it's a very, very important distinction, this, that you are... You are a parent that's enabling yeah. your child to get an education. You are not a teacher imparting all the knowledge that you have. Yeah. Because I tell you this, there was many a time I used to have this teacher and whatever question asked her, she used to go, don't ask me, I'm Chinese. She would always say that. It's a very curious answer. No, in meaning that I can't understand you and I don't know what you're saying. Right. It means find it out yourself. Oh, I see. And she used to say that all the time. I mean, I think it's... And as a kid, I was really frustrated with that. But now when I look back, I know what she was saying. Right. And it's okay to say, I don't know. It is okay to say you don't know. And I think it's important to recognise that actually the biggest challenge for our teenagers... Is, is for the parent, the biggest challenge for the parents of teenagers in this sort of health crisis is us fearing that we're losing control and that our kids mm. are losing time mm. at school. Panic. When in actual fact, the system, the government, and everything around it will have to accommodate mm. this extraordinary set of circumstances. They're not expecting the kids to go back in September, just know everything. So I do think totally. it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit of a non starter, this idea that we're in a panic stricken deadline that we've got to hit. Yeah. Things are going to be, allowances are going to be made for it. What I would say, and this is what we're going to discuss discuss in our podcast next week is that the coronavirus just does throw up a number of challenges for teenagers in different areas yeah, yeah. socializing boyfriends and girlfriends yeah, spending too much time at home and all that sort of stuff yeah we're really going to uh, go into that yeah. in great detail next week because it's i think it's urgently needed yeah um but yes don't forget we've all been conditioned not just the kids yes for these deadlines the deadlines are off the deadlines what, are do off. you know what i actually hope comes out of this that more people decide for the right reasons to homeschool their children. Mm. I really do, because I think learning isn't about just 
qualifications. Exams. These kids that think that everything was meaningless because they're not going to be yeah, exams at the end, yeah. that's missing the point. And as Maddie said, some of her friends, once they've got the GCSE, don't they don't remember thing. a single mm. fact. It's gone. They said, she said they have to remember so much and they have to do so many GCSEs now yeah. that they just cram in as they cram it yeah. with no joy of it and no real understanding. They exactly. just stuff it in their brains. Exactly. Like I'm going to go and stuff some Pringles in my mouth. Let's do it. Let's do Let's it. That's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. <laughs>